Well, our text is a familiar one, isn't it? Uh, matter of fact, most of us know that verse that we walk by faith and not by sight. And I've heard that quoted many, 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 many times. And yet, I don't know that I've ever had anybody sit and explain the whole text. And what we're looking at today is the subject of walking by faith. Now, I have not met a Christian yet that didn't say to me, I need more faith. I have yet to find one. If you are one, you say, my faith is achieved. I need no more. I am perfect. When it comes to the subject of faith, me trusting in God, I'd like to talk to you, okay? Because most of us, if we were to really, really look at our lives, we would say, I need more of it on an everyday basis. That's why that first phrase, we walk. The word walk there means right here where we're living. As we are living on an everyday basis because figuratively our everyday walk is seen that way in the scriptures. We are walking every day. What we do when we get up, when we go to bed, everything through the day has to be that which is coupled with faith. Now, you say, where does this faith come from? Well, I'm glad you asked. In the book of Hebrews, in chapter 11, don't turn there, we, we're going to save a little time today. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, many of you could quote that. Right? It's in there, it's in the Bible. So faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things, what? Can you say that phrase again? Not seen. Say that one more time. Not seen. That's the principle of faith. Believing in the existence of something that is not seen. Not seen. It's interesting, even in the Old Testament, I was trying to find the verse, I think it's in Nehemiah, it might be in Ezra, but it talks about how when they prayed, there was a bowing of the head, like looking down, and many times if we say, let's pray, we close our eyes. I think there's symbolism in what we do. Head down is a principle of humility that I'm not worthy to look up. And they oft did that in the scripture. Sometimes they would look up into heaven. Even the Lord looked up into heaven when he prayed, it talks about. So the gesture is, in my mind right now, it's a humbled way of coming to the throne, unworthy to come to your presence. And then we close our eyes. Why do we do that? You know, we do these things as Christian. You go down to Haiti, they do the same thing. You go to, you know, Ghana, they're doing the same thing. Let's pray. Okay. They <laughs> do that. It's a Christian thing to do. Why do we do it? Isn't it amazing? We do these things and we sometimes don't even know why we do these things. It threw me off one day. We were in a holy huddle. A bunch of missionaries and myself and families, we were all together in a holy huddle. And uh, a guy was praying. And this is how he prayed with his eyes open. He said, your eyes were open to see him having his eyes open. I know, I know. <laughs> but it was different. It wasn't, you know, like kids, you know, they have their, you know, you, know, you, you go to a restaurant and the kids are embarrassed that you're praying, you know, so they're going like this, you know, rubbing their eyes like they're doing something, you know, they're not praying. So, you know, I was just looking around, but this is how he was praying. He began to pray with his eyes open, looking at each one as he prayed for each person that was there. It threw me off because I'm used to everybody, you know, doing this. But does it matter if our eyes are closed or not? Uh, 
God's listening to the heart, the real you and I. That's what it's really all about. But it's almost like, Lord, I can't see you. I know you are, but I can't see you. But I believe that you exist. And the message is about, so since I believe you exist, I'm going to conduct my life as though you exist. And that's what life, the Christian life, is all about. We walk by faith, believing in someone that we haven't seen. We conduct our lives. We walk this way by faith. Now, in the previous chapter, he builds into this. In the fourth chapter, let's look at just a couple of verses. Uh, boy, there's so many things. Verse 16, For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perishes, yet the inward man is renewed day by day, for the light affliction, which is but for a moment, works for us a far more exceeding, now notice this, eternal weight of glory. So as we suffer as Christians, we are stopping and saying, okay, I'm going through this affliction, I'm going through this problem, but, but that's okay. Because there's going to be a day when I'm finally in glory... These things are going to be done away with, but there is something that is an eternal, and that's the other key, the things, now follow me, the things that are not seen, that we believe in by faith, according to this text, are things that are eternal. Because everything that is here that we see is limited in its time. Matter of fact, it's corrupting as we are here. The pews, the carpet, everything, it's going downhill. It's not improving so much for evolution. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. So the Christian, according to verse 18, is supposed to look at things that are what? Not seen. So our vision by faith, the faith's eyes, are to be looking at things that are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary or temporal. But the things which are not seen are what? They're eternal. My preacher used to say there's two things on this earth that are eternal. That, you know, I'm not talking about the presence of God. We're talking about two things that are here. The first thing he said was the word of God. The things that we have right in our laps, the Word of God is an eternal thing. I agree 100% with that. No one would disagree with that. The Word of God is eternal. And then the second thing is you and I, human beings. We are eternal. Even though the outward man, we're going to talk about that, the, the body goes downhill, still the real you and I, we're eternal. And you can't change that. You are going to live forever. You are an eternal being because you are made in the image of God. Animals are not made in the image of God. Okay? You know, we, we watch Animal Planet 2 and the care for all of the animals and the little dogs and all these abused animals and everything like that. And I understand animals are really cute. But Jesus didn't die for them. Okay? He died on the cross for you and I. Human he didn't even die for angels. He died for only you and I, human beings that are made in the image of God created beings he died on the cross for, making you and I eternal. Now, without Christ, it's eternal death. With Christ, it's eternal life. 
Okay, so you get saved, you invite Jesus into your heart, he gives you life. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believes in me, though he be dead, that's physically, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives right now, while you're living here on this earth, and believes in me will never die, meaning eternal death. And then he asks the question, do you believe this? Really? Is it a conviction in your heart? That's faith. Believing in something that we have not yet experienced, nor have we seen. Now, we're going to get a little further here. In chapter 5 now, he deals with the principles of mortality and immortality. You say, what does that mean? We'll explain it. Verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house, that's this physical body, of this tabernacle, this house that we're living in, if it's dissolved, if it dies, we have a building of God, a house not made with hands, that is what? Eternal in heaven. So, when we die, we do immediately get some type of a body, spiritual body, that God is going to house us with if we were to die today. Good news for us. Okay? That is not a body that... Uh, Man has created as a result of a man and a woman falling in love and they have children and a physical body has been created. This body that we get in heaven isn't made that way. It's a body that's not made with hands. It is something, again, that is eternal. So therefore, right now, it is not seen. You get an A+. plus. Whoever said that down there? Good job, Sandy. You don't have to answer any other questions today. Okay, not seen. So it's eternal, therefore it's not seen. So it's there. And we, you know, now, verses 2 and following talks about this body that we have, uh, it's, it's no fun. In this body we groan. We've got problems, okay? Um, and many of you, you know, this last couple of weeks have gone through all kinds of physical problems, surgeries and sicknesses, and, and uh, Clara Watley came up and said, thank you, Carl, for giving me laryngitis. <laughs> said, hey, you're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, we pass our diseases on. This body is not getting any better. Are you encouraged yet? You know, we, we don't like thinking about it, but that's what he's saying. In this body, we, we are hurting. So therefore, what we're looking forward to is something that is different that he goes on to explain. Verse 2, in this body, we groan, or in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house, which is from heaven. And if so be that clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not for we should be unclothed, but clothed upon. That mortality, the limited thing that is going to be gone, might be swallowed up of life. There again, that which is eternal. Now he that has wrought or brought this about for us is in the same, self same thing, is God himself. God who also has given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. You say, how does that all tie in together? And some of you in your Bible, you might have it translated a down payment or a, a something that is uh, earnest, that is given to you to prove to you, yes, this is going to be a transaction that needs to be done. So, uh, many, of, many of us who are from the old school remembered when you were going to buy a house, you couldn't go in and say, where do I sign? 
You couldn't do that. You say there was a day you couldn't just go in and sign papers and they give you a house? No. You actually had to have money down. It's the old-fashioned way of proving to them that you are actually taking this whole housing thing serious and you actually put some money down. Back in the old days, right after the dinosaurs, many moons ago, it used to be 20%. I had to buy a house and put 20% down on this house, which was like a lot of money because you can do the math. Now, the house, fortunately, that we could afford was $20,000. Seriously. And so it was when we were going into our first church, and we needed a place to stay. So we found a house. You're going to think I'm crazy, but that's okay. We'll talk about that at the end of the message. <laughs> you say, okay, you bought a house for 20000 and you had how many in your family? Six. How many bedrooms? Two. A living room, kitchen, and two bedrooms, and one bathroom. How could we have lived this way? But we did. We moved in. And the thing is, I was just fresh out of Bible college, and I didn't have any money. I mean, not a lot there. College is paid for, had to be paid in full. At the end of the semester, you had to write the check out. Everything had to be paid in full, or you didn't take your finals. You had to pay as you went. Boy, they were hard, weren't they? So we got through it, and so sure enough, we didn't have anything. We were ready to go into ministry, and we're like, Lord, we believe you want us to go over into this area. We found the house, and so, Lord, bring it in. Because <laughs> we're just stepping out by faith and trusting that you're going to bring it in. Sound familiar, Jessica? You just trust the Lord's going to bring it in. You say, how's it going to happen? Don't know. But all of a sudden, we get phone calls. Hey, um, Lord's really put you on my heart, and you care if uh, we stop over for a minute? And somebody come over and slip us a couple hundred dollars. Boom, ching, ching. Put that right in the bank. Towards house. And then all of a sudden, somebody else would say, you pray that I can sell this car, and you're getting the money from it. Sell the car. <laughs> you're praying, please sell the car. And it sold for $800. Ching, ching. Put that in. We did sell our house and had a little bit. And also, we had a little bit of retirement that I was able to, to draw from, from the company. Uh, to say, to make a long story short, um, we finally got the money, and the day we settled, uh, we wrote the check out and gave it to them. We were able to settle, and we had just enough money, about $80 left on our account, to go get groceries. And we were broke. But guess what? Everything was taken care of. We had a house, we were there, and we were ready to start a church. We walked by faith, not by sight. I'm not talking foolishness. I'm talking about faith and belief in God whom we have not seen that he will supply something tangible for us. We walk by faith. So, so sure enough, there are times in our lives that we have to walk by faith. But anyways, back to the earnest. So that down payment was to show the bank we're serious and it's going to be happening. God has done for you and I, he has given us the down payment or not the full amount, but a down payment of the spirit of God into our hearts to prove to you and I, you are eternal. Now I want you to remember something. The Holy Spirit's invisible. Okay? So again, he is not seen. So that makes him... Eternal. And yet he is inside of you and I that because the eternal God lives inside of us, that makes us eternal. We're still seen physically, 
but the real you and I is eternal that is not seen. And we get to go to heaven someday. So how's that going to be done? Apart from the Spirit of God, apart from God, as we said, God makes this happen. We don't make it happen. God makes it happen. Something very powerful. So he's going to transform us from this body that's deteriorating and giving us a brand new body. Now, with all of that, the Spirit of God does this. Therefore, as a result, verse number 6, of what we just saw of God's pledge or down payment for us, we are always confident knowing. Christians, we are to be confident by faith. We are to know by faith. The thought is continually keep reminding yourself of these facts. Knowing that while we are at home in this body, while I'm still alive here, we are gone from the perfect presence of God. Now that doesn't mean God is inside of us. We, he just said he is by his Holy Spirit who he has given to us as the down payment. But there's something that is going to be even better when we finally get into heaven and that is the ultimate presence of God. That's why I personally believe when we pass from this earth, we go into God's presence immediately to see him. I want to see mom and dad. I want to see relatives. That's real cool. I want to do that. But that's not the one I want to see. I want to see Christ. I want to be in his presence to see him face to face. So that's why right now, here we are walking by faith and not by sight. Verse 8, we are confident. Notice these words that he keeps giving at us. We need to be confident and have a knowledge of this, saying, I will willingly rather to be absent from this body and to be present with the Lord. Now, here's the thing. You say, where's faith in all this? Faith is this. <clears throat> As a Christian, this is going to be foreign maybe to some of you that are here, but we really believe that if right now Carl Henry keels over of a heart attack, what a way to go, you know, right when you're preaching about heaven. When I, if I were to die right now of a heart attack, the real me, spirit, mind, would depart from this physical body that you are watching collapse, and my real part of me departs and goes into the very presence of God. Can you see that happening? So therefore it is eternal because it is not seen. And yet, now follow me, people will sell houses and cars and lands, take their Bible, give all their money away to get on a boat or an airplane and go across the sea and to talk to other people about that very principle. They will give it all up, their life, their income, their security, just to tell others, you can go to heaven too. Jesus died for you. That's how real it is to them. That their minds are not on the physical and the temporary things, but are on the eternal things, that is the word of God, the souls of man, and I do have a third one I forgot to give you, and that I believe is our works are eternal. Because that's what's being rewarded in heaven. So the things that we do, it says in Revelation 14, follow us into heaven. Okay? Some of you are shaking your head. You know the text. That's why I see that what we do is eternal. 
if we help somebody with a glass of water, we get a reward, you know? So, so these things that are eternal are going to follow us and be in heaven with us. So that's why we, right now, we're walking by faith, not seeing those things that are eternal, that are real, that do not exist physically here, but we know and believe that they're real, so that's what we're going to live for. If you want to develop as a Christian for Christ... You must walk by faith. If you are going to be a strong Christian, you will develop a means of walking by faith. These things that are temporary, we must release and not hold on to. Even though we have them, they don't have us. They're real. But those things are temporary. So, if we have it, we do, we don't, we don't. It's no big deal, because this stuff is temporary. I get to go to heaven. Let me finish this text out and give you some principles then. So he goes on and talks about appearing before the Lord. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But I want to fast forward into this text to verse number 13. Remember I told you about being crazy? Here's your verse for it. You say, are Christians crazy? Here's your verse for it, right here. Verse 13. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is to God or for God, that is talking about for His glory. Or whether we be sober in our minds, that is, it is for your cause. Because the love of Christ constrains us, that is invisible, but we know it is. Because we thus judge. Now here's what we're doing as Christians. That since or one died for all, since one died for all, that's Jesus, then everybody was dead. Then we're all dead. And that we, he died for all, not just some, not just a few chosen. He died for the sins of the entire world. And so I can say with, to you with authority, Jesus' blood was shed for you. So you have to believe in what Jesus did for you. You get eternal life. That they which live, that's right here, should not live henceforth unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So there again, this invisible thing that's going on changes the heart of a Christian that we don't want to live for me anymore. We want to live for Christ. And when we live for Christ, we are, we are living for one whom we have not seen. That's why it's faith. He is eternal, the eternal God. So that's why we believe and trust and follow him because that is our fullness joy of living. And as we do, the things, the temporary things that are going on down here, we don't get quite so upset about because it doesn't matter. Because in chapter 4, it is temporary. It is not eternal. So guess what? We live by faith, looking at the Lord. And I've said this over again. Listen, some of you are going through hard, hard times. I got a list of guys this week and women this week just lost their jobs. And this is a reality. Uh, money helps, doesn't it? Money helps to pay bills. It keeps people from calling you, you know? And I'm not, I'm not minimizing the things that are temporary. I'm not minimizing the reality of a home that you need to live in, lights that need to be on, heat that needs to be on, those things. I am in no way mocking those things. We all need those to live by. 
What we need to do, though, is trust the one who we have not seen as we walk by faith. And that, remember, in, in 11.6, Hebrews 11.6, is what pleases God when we call on him, the one whom we have not seen, to provide for the things necessary for our bodies. That doesn't mean always big things, elaborate things. It may be a $20,000 house for six people to live in. And in a lot of countries, they'd be very happy with that. We're not talking about luxuries. We're talking about needs being met. And sometimes, now follow me. I'm going to side note. This is like point C over here of the outline, okay? Please, Christians, don't blame God for you being dumb with your money that you stepped out in faith for God to pay off all your credit cards buying things and going places you didn't need or need to go. Okay? Don't be done with your money and then say, God doesn't meet my needs. That's not biblical. Don't, go, don't give me the boo-hoo. Okay? Get another job. Get two, three jobs. Pick up cans along the road. Get your bills paid. Do whatever it's going to take. Okay? I've been there. I had to do that. First ministry, I had to work all night at times cleaning toilets and scraping glue off the floor to take care of my kids. You know why I had to do that? Because the church couldn't give me enough to take care of it. And that's okay, I'm not complaining. It needed to be done. But it didn't go buy all kinds of big brand new stuff. I had to live within my means. And then I say, God, here are needs. Okay, back over here now to point A. We, we must be wise. We must be wise. And I, and I really think that what, that what we're teaching on these things is going to help you, not for just now, but for down the road if you, if you listen. Young people, please, I beg of you, listen. So, verse 13, you would think, as you see this, the word, be beside ourselves in the King James, I'm not sure how you may have it, but it is a word for being mad or crazy, it's also used in a book of Acts in 26. He, he said it of Paul, you're mad. You're crazy. Why would you teach and believe all these things about Jesus? Where is he? I haven't seen him. And you're asking me to believe? You're, you're crazy. Why, why would you put your life on the line for all of this? You're out of your head. Have you ever been accused of being crazy as a Christian? Why would you do these things? You're nuts. Why would you believe these things? Have you seen it? Have you seen God? Have you seen Jesus personally? Do you see your prayers floating up? Do you see the Spirit inside of you? I question you. I question your faith. Have you seen any of these things as a reality? Did you ever see the, the creation of this world? Have you seen these things? And yet, by faith, we believe in those things that we have not seen, believing that they are eternal. And yet, when we look at this, we are crazy for the glory of God. Because God receives the glory in our lives when we just merely believe Him. Oh, you'd be, be surprised in the Christian world what is going on right now. Oh, just so in case you were wondering, I still believe that Genesis 1 is the creation account. Amen. 
you say, well, of course, oh, no, no, no. You have to understand what's going on in the Christian world right now. There is much debate over a literal translation, uh, uh, creation, excuse me, in six literal days. You say, why would they debate that? It's right in the Bible. Because it would be a, a less of a miracle if it took thousands and thousands of years instead of six literal days. And then the evolving of millions and millions of years of this earth, as some would hold in the Christian world, that a re- or renovation is what's actually recorded in Genesis chapter number 1. It's not the actual creation, it's the renovation of what was there for millions and millions and millions and millions of years. Folks, in case you were wondering, Hebrews chapter 11, verse number 3, tells us, by faith, that's the first couple words, by faith, we understand. Understand means I get it. I understand. I know. We understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. And that the things which are, that is here, were not made by things which do appear. Meaning, God made it from nothing. He spoke it into existence by his word, which is Jesus Christ. He spoke it into existence. And it is. It didn't take time to evolve. God didn't go up there and say, let's make a little matter and let's let it evolve into what it is. No. He said, let there be light. And it was. Okay. We believe. We're crazy. How can you believe something, something like that? Well, it's less faith in believing that gaseous things out there exploded and then all these billions of years that eventually became what we are because everything is, has form, design. And as an artist, you would stop and say, I want to make something from this clay or from this piece of wood or from this stone, and I know what it's going to become, so I'm going to cut it up or make it and form it into what it needs to be, so therefore it is. And that's what God said. I'm going to create things, mountains, the sun, the moon, design it right where it needs to be in this whole 